Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Ag Today with Rod McDonald. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. It's uh, coming up on 12-18-1-18 in Manitoba. Ahead today on Sask Ag Today. Had a great chat this morning with uh, Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor with Sask Ag Today. And we talked about the drought over on the western side of the province. Of course, Kevin Farms in the Capri area, so uh, he's kind of in the thick of it there. Also coming up on the program here today, Ray Orb, President of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, will also weigh in on the uh, drought situation in the province and what some RMs are doing regarding that. We've heard several already declaring agricultural disasters, and Orb says we may see some more before uh, we're out of the woods here. Also coming up on the program today, mentioned yesterday that Manitoba Pork had just released a new economic analysis of the hog sector in Manitoba. We'll hear from the general manager of Manitoba Pork, Cam Dahl, and we'll also chat with the chair of Manitoba Pork, uh, Rick Prigier. He's a hog producer and certainly has some first-hand knowledge of the issue. So we'll hear from Rick and uh, Cam Dahl coming up on the program today as well. First, we'll kick things off with the Agriculture Weather Outlook. It's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. And Sean Prehika, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Beef and Forage Report is coming up next. It's been a busy summer so far for SARM President Ray Orb. He's been touring areas affected by dry conditions, talking with RM officials, and attending town hall meetings hosted by the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. The conditions, the drought conditions, have been forcing many RMs to declare agricultural disasters, and Orb has an updated total. We have about 39 RMs that have uh, declared uh, that they're in disaster situation because of the drought. And some of them are asking for help specifically for livestock producers right now. And so uh, although it's been in the news, SARM has been uh, following this quite closely as well. And, uh, and and we're trying, you know, to get to some of the producer meetings that, that the SCA has been sponsoring and uh, listening to producers in those areas, but also listening to our our RMs, uh, you know, the Rees and the, and the councillors that are relaying their concerns to us as well. Orb says many crops have either been abandoned or are being baled or used for forage and urges grain farmers to help their livestock counterparts during this difficult time. He says SAS Crop Insurance has been doing the best they can, trying to help producers evaluate their crop yields. And I know that producers are asking for better programs and something that, you know, SARM has been working with the SCA and the, and the Stockers Association as well to try and get some better forage insurance programs. But those are more, I think, medium and long-term goals, unfortunately. Uh, the short term is we've heard a lot of producers say that they could use some help uh, in the trucking industry and perhaps they can assist them somehow uh, if they do need to bring hay in. And I know that the province has asked the federal government to look at, you know, agri-recovery as being a, another program. And I think there has been an assessment done on that. And I suppose we're waiting for the federal government to reply on that. 
Or says he's optimistic that the federal government will respond quickly to the province's request for an assessment on agri-recovery, but that's dependent on provincial Ag Minister David Merritt pushing his federal counterpart, Lawrence McCauley, to be proactive on the issue. I have confidence that he's doing that, and so uh, I wouldn't say I'm overly optimistic that the federal government would come up with the right idea, but I still think that they would value Western Canadian agriculture as being very critical to, you know, the national uh, uh, GDP, and also you have to think about the welfare of the ranchers and the farmers and their families, uh, and if there is help, I think it needs to be provided sooner than later. Orb says there's more than one solution to the problem, such as federal and provincial programs, but those need to be delivered on a timely basis in order for them to work. One solution that Orb raises is the Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Project, and he wonders where the province is at with that project. Back in February, the province said it was in its early planning phase. I'm talking about Lake Deepbaker, and I'm also talking about other parts of the province, you know, because when there's drought, you know, water is such a, that's a valuable commodity. And I know uh, that the province is, uh, you know, I think they're struggling with, with this a little bit, and that would uh, go back to the federal government, you know, providing funding, because I know in the original the press uh, announcement that the province issued, it said it mentioned the National Infrastructure Bank, and I'm not sure if Saskatchewan is prepared as a province to borrow a lot of money to finish this project, you would think that the federal government would be providing their share of the funding, just like they do for any other major infrastructure project in, in any province in Canada. So I think that's something that we'd like to discuss with Minister McCauley and uh, probably the uh, federal infrastructure minister, uh, Fraser, as well. And uh, in October, seems like a long time away, but The months go by pretty quickly. We'll be traveling to Ottawa, so that will be on our agendas to talk about that. And also, we'll be meeting with uh, WSA in the next couple of weeks to get a report, get an update from them what's happening with the uh, irrigation expansion project. That's Ray Orb, president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. It's a little after 12.30 now, 1.30 in Manitoba. It's time for the Beef and Forage Report, a presentation of Priestville Salvage. See them for new and used egg parts. Beef and Forage Report. And today on the Beef and Forage Report, we're joined by Ricky Wilson, Saskatchewan Agriculture's Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist, in Humboldt. Due to extended drought in Saskatchewan, we're again getting lots of questions related to salvaging crops. If it's possible, whether it's worth it, and in particular, what you need to consider before feeding those salvaged crops to your livestock. Getting a feed test done is the best way to mitigate your risk. Cereal and oilseed crops can accumulate high levels of nitrates if they're put under stressful conditions like an early frost or drought before harvest. In high enough concentrations, Nitrates are especially toxic to ruminant livestock. Another thing you need to be aware of in those oilseed crops are their sulfur and oil contents. Too much sulfur in a ruminant diet will cause trace mineral deficiencies, potentially resulting in polio. Too much fat from those oilseeds in a ruminant diet and you'll essentially gum up the rumen and prevent proper digestion. You should also be thinking about the potential for ergot and mycotoxins in grains you are feeding. These are just a few of the more common issues a producer might face when feeding salvaged crops to livestock. 
But for more information on deciding whether a crop can or should be salvaged and other things to consider, we've got a great article that was just posted on our Saskag Now website, so check that out. And otherwise, you can call your regional livestock and feed extension specialist or the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377 for help with feed testing, ration balancing, or any other questions you might have. Again, that's Ricky Wilson, Saskatchewan Agriculture's Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist in Humboldt. And that is today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for AgReview. It's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. PX94, AgReview. CN and CP Rail have submitted their annual grain transportation plans to the federal government. They're required by law to submit plans to the federal transport minister each year. CN says it plans to move up to 7,800 cars or 744,000 metric tons of bulk grain and grain products per week outside of winter and up to 6,250 cars or 595,000 tons per week during winter. Those numbers are unchanged from the 2022-2023 crop year. CP says it plans to move 685,000 metric tons per week outside winter and 525,000 tons per week during the winter months. This represents a slight increase over CP's weekly commitment last year. Combines have started rolling in southwest and west-central Saskatchewan. Sask Ag Today Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch farms at Cabri, northwest of Swift Current. A harvest here has started for a lot of producers on, on early crops, uh, some peas, some lentils. We've been uh, working away with uh, in some uh, pretty light brown mustard trying to combine that. Hirsch expects he and almost all producers in those drought-stricken regions will be filing crop insurance claims. A harvest here has, in some cases, especially on some of the cereal crops, like uh, in Durham seems particularly hard hit in many instances, there are fields that, that won't see a combine. There's just not enough to warrant running over it. Uh, and there, there's others that are, you know, half decent crops, but in almost all cases, producers are going to be uh, under their crop insurance guarantees. Saskag Today Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch, he farms near Cabri in southwestern Saskatchewan. We'll hear more from Kevin coming up a little later on in the program today. Cargill says its fiscal 2023 revenue is up 7% from a year earlier to $177 billion, the highest ever for the 158-year-old company. Cargill Piers, Archer Daniels Midland, and Bungie both also reported solid earnings in their most recent quarters and raised their profit outlooks for 2023. Robust demand for food, animal feed and biofuel, and global supply disruptions such as war in major crop exporter Ukraine have elevated profits for grain merchants. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization is concerned that global food prices are rising since Russia pulled out of a deal allowing Ukraine to ship grain out of Black Sea ports. Vegetable oil prices jumped 12% between June and July. Sunflower oil prices surged 15% on fresh uncertainties about supplies following the end of the grain deal. 
The UN Food and Agriculture Organization is also worried about the impact of India restricting some of its rice exports, which is prompting hoarding and raising substantial food security concerns for a large swath of the world's population. The U.S. has rejected a proposal by Mexico to collaborate on researching the health effects of genetically modified corn. The U.S. refusal comes as the two countries edge closer to a formal trade dispute over Mexico's decision to phase out imports of GM corn for human consumption by January 2024 and to gradually replace GM corn corn imports for animal feed as well. Mexico contends that GM corn harms native biodiversity and may pose risks to human health. The U.S. claims that Mexico's GM ban violates the U.S.-Canada-Mexico trade agreement and will hurt U.S. farmers. Agricultural chemical and seed company Corteva has cut its annual sales expectations as demand for its crop protection products shows signs of contraction. Corteva said it expects net sales between $17.9 billion and $18.2 billion this year, below its previous sales forecast of $18.6 billion to $18.9. The company spun off in 2019 after the merger of Dow Chemical and DuPont said its net sales during the second quarter fell 3% to $6.05 billion as it saw a 29% decrease in volume in its crop protection segment. However, Corteva's net sales from its seed business rose 8%, aided by strong prices and increased corn acres in North America that helped offset volume declines driven by Europe, the Middle East, and Asia, as well as Russia's exit. The federal government is kicking in close to a million dollars to help the hog sector in Manitoba prepare for the possibility of African swine fever entering the country. The Manitoba Pork Council will utilize the funds to undertake several projects that aim to enhance efforts to control wild pigs in the province, develop an integrated response plan, and encourage the adoption of best management practices to improve biosecurity measures through targeted awareness campaigns. Campaigns. African swine fever is a contagious and deadly viral disease affecting both domestic and wild pigs. It's not a threat to human health and cannot be transmitted from pigs to humans. And the Manitoba government is encouraging Manitobans to shop, cook, dine, and celebrate the quality and diversity of local and Canadian foods and cuisine by participating in the 20th anniversary of Food Day Canada tomorrow. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Derek Johnson says he encourages people across the province to take part in the conversation about all the ways we grow and enjoy food. Johnson says since it began in 2003, Food Day Canada has become one of the country's largest and longest-running celebrations of the people and products that make Canada's food industry great. Johnson says he invites all Manitobans to celebrate our amazing diversity of food and cuisine as part of Food Day Canada. Manitobans are encouraged to visit fooddaycanada.ca to share stories about how they're celebrating Canadian and local food and farming. 
And that is today's Ag Review. It's 20 to 1, 20 to 2 in Manitoba. We have the closing livestock futures coming up next. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Livestock market conditions. Now, here are today's closing U.S. livestock futures. October live cattle, 182.90, up $1.60 at the close today. December live cattle, 187.05, up $1.50. September feeder cattle, 253.45, up $1.80. October feeder cattle closed at 255.42, up $2.00. October lean hogs 83.07 up a dollar two, and December lean hogs also closing up today at seventy-five dollars thirty cents a hundredweight, and that was up seventy-five cents. And those are today's closing U.S. livestock futures. We'll check the closing grain prices coming up in about seven minutes from now at ten to one, ten to two in Manitoba. Manitoba Pork has released the details of a new economic analysis of the hog sector in the province. The report indicates 55% of all agriculture and food processing jobs in Manitoba are tied to the hog sector, and the sector contributes 22,000 jobs across Manitoba in both urban and rural communities. Cam Dahl is the general manager of Manitoba Pork. He explains why they undertook the economic study. It's to provide a baseline of, uh, of just understanding of, of the impact of the, the hog sector in Manitoba um, and, and to use in, in outreach and, and communication with, with the community and as well to, to track going forward, um, you know, what the, what the impact of, of the investments that are being made by, by farmers and, and processors and companies like, uh, like the, the genetics companies so, so that we can, we can track that growth uh, in, in a, a really systematic and accurate way. The economic analysis report indicates Manitoba's hog sector directly contributes $139 million each year to the provincial government in tax revenue, another $87 million in municipal tax revenue. And the sector is growing. Over 40 new barn sites or expansions have been approved across Manitoba since 2017. The sector is also attracting new value-added investment, such as the recent $182 million expansion of the Maple Leaf Foods facility in Winnipeg, and an announcement last week of a $52.8 million expansion at Winkler Meats. But finding employees to work in these expanded facilities is going to be a challenge. It's not even just in, in rural uh, Manitoba. Again, I, I said the 2,500 jobs at uh, uh, Marion and, and uh, um, uh, Lajamonia, I always get that, get that intersection wrong, where it's all bacon. That's, that's, the, that's the, the number of jobs that are employed at that, that quarter. And, and those are good jobs for, for people living in Winnipeg. And uh, you look at, at the growth that has happened in places like Nipawa, um, you know, building a new hospital, building new schools, and that's driven by the by the hog industry. And uh, you know, the the same with places places like uh, like Brandon. Um, so yeah, we do go through periods where um, we we need to find people to to fill jobs. But 
I'm I'm confident that that we're going to get over that, and uh, you know we've seen significant effort from from the province itself to uh, to address that um, uh, some of those those labor labor questions. Dahl says more is being done to promote careers in agriculture. This is also why uh, agriculture in general, and not just Manitoba pork, but uh, uh, you know our, our colleagues in, in other uh, commodity sectors are investing in in things like agriculture in the classroom um, to to get that message out that uh, you know agriculture is actually a pretty exciting place to be. Um, uh, if if you want to be a geneticist, you you can do that in agriculture. If you want to travel the world, you can do that in agriculture. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty exciting place place to be, industry to be, no matter what commodity you're in, and uh, you know, in, investing in some of that communication and outreach, and uh, you know, just building awareness of what uh, you know what agriculture can deliver as as a career through things like agriculture in the classroom, are going to help with with some of those uh, some of those questions around uh, labor. Manitoba Pork Chair Rick Prigier also weighed in on the labor issue. I guess when you're in agriculture, you gotta have a bit of blind faith, I guess, kind of thing there. So uh, no different than putting a crop in in the spring, I guess there's no guarantees kind of thing, but you gotta make things work. You work hard at it. You address the, the challenges that you have in front of you. Um, you know, we, we are seeing uh, that our government, whether you're provincial or federal, are, are seeing the need for, for immigration and bring people in to fill these jobs and uh, making things a little easier, for example, in the healthcare system uh, to bring in people in, into Canada. So that just doesn't bring uh, a person in healthcare. It brings families and children and what have you and relatives, what have you. So so we're, we're counting on that. We're counting on, on having good programs that can, um, you know, fast track uh, immigration, but uh, still have uh, um, programs in place that we are bringing in good people and that can contribute to the economy when they come in. So, so pretty, you know, it, it's a challenge, but again, pretty confident that we'll be fill the roles as, as we move forward. And, uh, you know, and I think the hog industry has grown not a breakneck speed in the last number of years. So that's, that's allowed us to adapt as we move along. So and I expect the growth will be kind of a slow, steady uh, growth going forward to, to be able to, to cover those challenges. Appreciate says producers are also turning more to automation to counter the worker shortage. So, for example, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good technology out there in barns, for example, for automated washing kind of thing. So instead of having uh, a couple of having to wash, uh, you know, there, there's um, equipment out there and technology that's coming on steady to to fill the void uh, sometimes that 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 is created out there. So so th- there's a lot of these kinds of things going on. Like again, we uh, you know back uh, years ago, a lot of uh, people from the Philippines have come to Canada to to fill jobs, and uh, and now it's uh, more and more we're seeing in our case uh, Latino people um, coming to Canada, loving Canada, loving the rural uh, life in in Manitoba, and uh, so you know so there's a lot of different angles on it, and it's just put your, your nose uh, to the grindstone, they say, and just keep working at it. And, uh, and, and, you know, the challenges are, they're not just, they're not just uh, uh, labor. There's a lot of challenges out there. That's just one of many of them kind of thing. And I think as producers, and we're pretty resourceful and, and the whole ag industry is pretty resourceful and we continue to work at these things. I guess the point for me is if we, if we list the things, no matter what you do in life, if you list all the negatives that are there, you're not going to get anywhere. Because you just, you know, we're not sure about all these challenges. Sometimes you just got to get in there with two feet and deal with the challenges and cross those bridges when you get there. And that's exactly what the ag industry has been doing. Rick Prigay is the chair of Manitoba Pork. It's 12:49 now, 1:49 in Manitoba. We have the closing grain prices coming up next. 
commodities update. Canola futures were up at the close today, November 797.50 a metric ton. That's up 1660 from yesterday's close. January canola closed today at 799.90, up 1570. September Minneapolis wheat closed down again today at 822 and a quarter, down 11 and a quarter. September Kansas City wheat, 752 and a half, down 15 cents. September Chicago wheat was up at the close, 633 a bushel, up 6 cents. September corn, 484 and a quarter, up 3 and a half cents. September soybeans closed today at 1387 a bushel, up 5 cents. And September oats, 4 19 and three quarters down four and three quarters and those are today's closing grain prices and now with the sask ag today chief agricultural editor kevin hirsch good afternoon kevin good afternoon hey listen i hear it got up to 38 degrees in lucky lake yesterday it was the hot spot in canada that's not too far from where you are in capri so a warm day over there a few degrees uh, cooler than Lucky Lake, I think, but still a, a very hot day. Yes, and and we've had uh, quite a quite a run of them actually. Yeah, and you're certainly you're kind of smack dab in the middle of that drought situation over on the western side of the province, aren't you? Certainly, uh, conditions are very poor here. As you travel around, there is variability. You do see some crops that have some potential, uh, and you hear stories of. Other areas not far from here that are even worse than us, well into Alberta. Uh, harvest here has started for a lot of producers on, on early crops, uh, some peas, some lentils. We've been uh, working away with uh, in some uh, pretty light brown mustard, trying to combine that. Okay, so harvest prospects, I, I anticipate, probably aren't the greatest with uh, the conditions that you've experienced over there. I would think that almost all the crops I see and producers I know will be in crop insurance situation. In some cases, especially on some of the cereal crops, like uh, and Durham seems particularly hard hit in many instances, there are fields that, that won't see a combine. There's just not enough to warrant running over it. Uh, and there, there's others that are you know half decent crops, but in almost all cases, producers are going to be uh, under their crop insurance guarantees. We've been letting our, our listeners know about the um, town hall meetings that have been, been held in that area. There have been several town hall meetings here over the past couple of weeks. I know you've attended at least one. Uh, your thoughts on those meetings and are any solutions being identified? I mean, nobody's got a solution to make it rain. No, and, and the meetings were specifically aimed at the, the cattle sector in my opinion, li uh, livestock producers are the ones really being most hurt by this. Uh, crop producers, we certainly are going to have a bad year, but crop insurance coverage levels are pretty decent and will get most people through, not how you like to make your living, but by the same token, appreciative for that kind of support and that program. The livestock sector, the cattle sector is different. The, the crop insurance programs available for them, such as the uh, forage rainfall insurance program, limited uptake, first of all, because producers don't have very good confidence in those programs, way less enrollment than in, in under the, the grain side of crop insurance, and just not providing 
adequate coverage. Uh, the meeting that I attended in Cabria, a lot of suggestions for ways to improve those programs, but that really is looking into the future as to what might come about in the next year or two. It doesn't help for this year. For this year, producers are pinning their hopes on requests from Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association and others for a return of the Agra Recovery Program that in 2021 paid $200 per head uh, per cow uh, for for livestock producers to get them through and, and enable them to, to purchase expensive feed and freight it in long distances. And that's the, the question now is in 2020. Three, without such a widespread drought, it's more regionalized this year, it isn't so. across Western Canada like 2021, will agri-recovery be triggered again and what will that program look like? Over on that western side of the province, you're used to not getting a whole lot of precipitation, but I don't know if it's anything to the extremes that you've been seeing recently. Are, are you worried that this is the, with climate change, this is the new normal? It's hard to, from a producer's point of view, and you know, getting long enough in a tooth, you've, you've seen years come and go and dry spells and wet spells. And so it's hard to determine what's normal climate variability or weather variability and, and what might be climate change. And I guess at the end of the day, you have to cope with what you're given. It's not like we can do anything very substantial to affect worldwide weather uh, you only just can just roll with the punches and and uh, hope for conditions to improve but certainly a, a great deal of rain is needed if you look at some of the precipitation maps right now there's a whole lot of precipitation forecast for south of the u.s border uh, we just need that to to pop up north right now producers are trying to harvest what little they have but over the long term we really need a great deal of rain to replenish soil moisture and and set us up for a, a year where uh, we aren't reliant on on the the most recent thunder shower we've just closed out the 2022-2023 uh, crop year what sort of a year was it for uh, marketing well green transportation worked reasonably well but volumes were were down uh, so and prices though have shown a, a great deal of variability in in the last uh, while uh, in the beginning of the calendar year canola prices were in that you know looked like they were going to be in that 18 19 dollar a, a bushel range that sagged back for to you know the 14 or 15 range it recovered up to about 17 and then this last week has has been has been really weak again so uh, it's hard to know where things are going to end up it, this in southwest saskatchewan and west uh, central saskatchewan and southern alberta where the dry conditions are are the most prevalent is a big durham growing area and i would I would expect uh, the the Durham uh, production will be down, and since we're a big player in the world Durham market, I think we're seeing those prices steadily increase as the market comes to terms with a, a shortage of, of that commodity. Kevin, we've had a little while now. We've had a little while now to, uh, I guess, uh, digest the latest cabinet shuffle by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and in the case of agriculture, the 
the old is back and out with Marie Claude Bibeau and uh, Lawrence McCauley is back in as as federal agriculture minister. Um, what are your thoughts and I guess the uh, the farm community's thoughts about the shuffle? Well, officially, all the farm organizations said the nice things, uh, you know, welcoming Lawrence McCauley back to the agriculture portfolio. I would suspect that behind closed doors, it was more a, a matter of a collective groan. Uh, I, I've, when he served as agriculture minister, nice guy, uh, but I don't perceive that he has much leadership or vision. I, I think he'll he'll have lots of meetings. Uh, hopefully, I'm I'm wrong, and he will he will prove to you know rise to the occasion. But uh, Marie Claude Bebo came into agriculture not knowing much about agriculture, but she certainly listened and learned and was accessible and very bright person. I was surprised to see her shuttled out of the ag portfolio. I was equally surprised to see Lawrence McCauley, who's coming up at 77 years of age, return to the ag portfolio. So you have to wish him all the best. It's what we have to work with. But uh, it's it's a little disconcerting that there can't be someone with uh, uh, a little more insight and vision. So I, I'm I'm a little hard on Lawrence McCauley as far as what I saw from him last time around. Okay. Do you have a date with a combine this weekend? A date with a combine every day. We've been combining last oh five or six or seven days. Uh, a lot of that time has been spent repairing and running for repairs, so we're hoping for a, a better run, run in the days to come here. Well, thanks for taking this time out from your busy schedule with the Harvest to uh, speak with us today, and uh, thanks again, Kevin. All the best, Rod. Take care. Kevin Hirsch. It's uh, Saskag Today's Chief Agricultural Editor, and of course, he also farms over in the Cabri area. It's one o'clock now, two o'clock in Manitoba. We'll close out our program with our precision weather forecast for the entire listening area. Partly sunny this afternoon, wind west-northwest 15 to 30 and gusty, high 29. Partly cloudy tonight, north-northwest wind 10 to 20 overnight, low 15. Mainly sunny tomorrow, windy north-northwest 20 to 35 and gusty, high 27. Partly to mainly sunny Sunday, up to 25. Partly sunny for holiday Monday, 40% chance of showers toward evening, high again near 25. And then Tuesday, mostly cloudy, 30% chance of isolated showers and cooler, high only 20. On this hour's temperature roundup, 22 degrees for Winyard, Wadena and Kelvington, 23 in Saskatoon and Roblin. 24 in Indian Head, Broadview, Mooseman, Hudson Bay, Regina, Brandon, Swan River, and the Paw, all 24. Dauphin, 27. In the Yorkton-Melville District, sunshine, a bit of haze still. The wind is northwest at 13. Relative humidity, 53%, and our temperature, 25 degrees. That's our time for today. Join me again Tuesday afternoon. We're off for holiday Monday, back Tuesday afternoon at 12.15, in Manitoba. I'm Rod McDonald. Time now for GX94's news and sports headlines. Thanks, Rod. The GX94 bullpen. That's when you hear it right now on GX94. Now, if you have cattle to sell, you can contact our GX94 sales department at 306-782-2256 and tell the entire listening area about your next sale right here on GX94. 
Sask Ag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.